What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So all of a sudden, there are quite a few stories to talk about. I think what I'll do is spread it out over the next couple days so that you know each episode just doesn't ramble on and we can kind of dig into the interesting things a bit more each day. But we'll just jump right into it and get started with the ones I want to talk about today. First one being Hunter Pence has... Signed a one-year deal with the San Francisco Giants. He's going to be reuniting with the Giants. They're bringing him back, another fan favorite, just less than a week after they re-signed Pablo Sandoval. It's going to be a one-year, $3 million deal with $2.25 million in performance bonuses. Hunter Pence turns 37 in April, and he's coming off a year which he was actually an all-star for the first time since 2014 with the Rangers, and... It was a resurgent season in Texas. I did not see that coming whatsoever because this dude was, a year ago, he was playing winter ball in the Dominican Republic, trying to revamp his swing. You know, at 35, 36 years old, and then he goes to Arlington and just knocks the cover off the baseball. He he hit 297 with 18 homers and a 910 OPS in only 83 games. And he earned an all-star nod. And his season was cut short due to a right groin strain. And a lower back strain, so he just kind of got banged up, which is kind of what happens when you get older like he is. But Hunter Pence is a class act. I mean, he he won two World Series with the Giants, 2012 and 2014, but the fans have always shown love for Hunter Pence. And this goes back to his days way back, way back when, when he was playing with the Astros. He's always been a fan favorite. He's just a really likable guy. He embraces the fans. He's a good player. And he's just a character. He's a unique guy because of his swing. Very looks very uh, you know strange, but it gets the job done. But it's clear that the Giants they know they're rebuilding, but they need to put some fans in the seats. So re-signing a couple fan favorites like Panda and Hunter Pence is one way to do that. They are in no way, shape, or form going to contend this year. I mean, they just they just lost they just lost um, Mad Bum. Obviously, they have a really young team. I mean, one of their their best hitters last year was a rookie, Mike Yastrzemski. So it's going to be a while until the Giants are good. But basically what they're doing here is just being able to put some fans in the seats with some familiar faces. And they're going to start from there. But they also signed Billy Hamilton. And uh, that's, that's going to be interesting. But that was a minor league deal. And let's be honest. Guys like that, you know, you sign Billy Hamilton to a minor league deal, he's going to make it up to the big leagues. He's not going to be stuck in the minor leagues because the Giants just don't have that much depth. They're going to need him. He's really speedy. At least he could be a, a speedster off the bench for them. So that's what we should expect from San Francisco. But Pence, he he brings clubhouse experience. I mean, a couple World Series rings. He's a big right-handed bat off the bench at worst, at worst. Last year, he crushed lefties. He hit 327 with a 10-15 OPS in his 119 player appearances against Southpaws. So, Hunter Pence is back. Yes, yes, yes. It's going to be fun to watch him back in the Giants uniform. So, with spring training around the corner, there are some interesting storylines for position battles that we need to keep an eye on. I wanted to touch on some of them. One of them is what the Cubs are going to do at second base. We know that their shortstop is Javier Baez. We know that their first baseman is Anthony Rizzo. 
We know that KB is going to be the third baseman as long as he stays on the team, which I think he will. But who is going to be their second baseman? I mean, last year, Ben Zobris missed much of the season because he was tending to a personal situation. But now Zobris is a free agent. He's pondering his future. He still doesn't have a, a team yet. The Cubs are trying to figure out how to handle second base in 2020. They could go with David Bodie. They could go with Nico Horner, the September call-up, the young kid, top short, shortstop prospect. They could do that. Or, you know, they could they could send Horner to AAA Iowa and then use Daniel Descalso and Robo Garcia at second base. They could also use Ian Happ. They have a lot of options at second base, although Ian Happ is probably going to play quite a bit of center field this coming season. So that's something to keep an eye on. I think that's going to be decided in spring training. I think that's going to be a job that someone's going to have to win in spring training, and we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Another team with some questions going into spring training is the Washington Nationals. So we know they signed a bunch of infielders. You know, they, they went out, they, they brought back Ezrubel Cabrera, they brought back Howie Kendrick, etc. They have Carter Keyboom waiting in the wings. He's their top prospect, and he's expected to, to make this major league roster. The starting third base job is up for grabs because at shortstop they have Trey Turner, of course. At second base, they're they're gonna play Starlin Castro, most likely. So at third base, who's it going to... I mean, first base is is uh, probably going to be Zim or Howie Kendrick or something like that. But at third base, what's the combination going to be? Is it going to be Carter Keeboom? Is it going to be Asdrubal Cabrera? Or even the other guys like, you know, Starlin Castro, for example, could could they mix in and, and match with whatever the Nationals' needs are based on who's pitching that day? But it was clear that the Nationals were leaving that third base spot open in case they were able to sign Josh Donaldson. You know, they lost Anthony Rendon. They left that spot open, but they weren't able to sign Donaldson. So now they have this kind of, this, you know, carousel of guys that they can roll through the hot corner until someone wins that job. But I do want to see Carter Keyboom win this opportunity. He's a, he's a young 22 year old kid, but he's a bat. I mean, a lot of people have high praise for his bat. They say it's like a Xander Bogarts kind of bat, which, which is a pretty high praise. Um, I mean, they're talking about like, you know, best case scenario, if, if he were to pan out, it would be something like a Xander Bogarts. And that's, that, that's saying a lot, but I want to see how that goes in spring training. My hunch is that they're going to send Keyboom down to AAA to begin the season. And then he will come up when he's ready, but they're going to let the veterans begin the season at third base. They're going to let Ezreal Cabrera and Starlin Castro start things over there at third base before bringing up their young stud and yet another team with a position battle is the Cincinnati Reds we talked about this before they have too many outfielders they went into the offseason with several outfielders now they have even more because they signed Nicholas Castellanos to four years 64 mil they signed Shogo Akiyama to three years 21 million those two guys joined a group that already included Nick Senzel Jesse Winker Aristides Aquino Philip Irvin Travis Jankowski, Josh Van Meter, even a guy like uh, Michael Lorenzen <laughs> was in that mix. You know, last year, Senzel and Winker ended the seasons early because of injuries. Aristides Aquino had two months of extremes, you know, 14 homers and an 1158 OPS in August. 
And then in September, he hit only five homers and a 619 OPS, you know, when the league kind of figured him out. But he still has juice in that bat. He's definitely going to be in the mix for playing time. And then you have guys like Winker and Irvin. Winker is a lefty, Irvin's a righty, but they kind of fit more into a platoon based on their numbers. Right now, no specific spots have been assigned, but you can definitely be sure that Castellanos and Akiyama are going to start. Akiyama is going to be the center fielder. Castellanos is going to be in either left or right. So that leaves one spot for all those other guys I mentioned. I thought that they would try to trade Nick Senzel. That hasn't been the po- uh, the case at this point. Uh, you know, Senzel is actually a natural infielder who who learned center field just on the fly last season. They could actually use him. They could use him at second base. But, man, I, I don't know. I really don't. I think the one guy who could get the most squeeze is Aristides Aquino who could be sent down to the minor leagues again um, since he has a minor league option remaining. But that is, that, that's quite a, that's quite a conundrum, honestly. You have way too many outfielders. You're going to have to trade someone. I mean, you can't just clog up all your roster spots with too much of the same position. That's just not going to, that's just not going to work. And one more team with a question to answer is the White Sox. They have, Similarly to their Chicago counterpart in the Cubs, they have a question mark at second base. Right now, it looks like Nick Madrigal is going to be their second baseman at some point this year. He was the fourth overall pick in the 2018 draft, but um, they're probably going to leave him in the minor leagues for service time manipulation. At the meantime, they can use Louis Garcia or Danny Mendick until Nick Madrigal is ready. I think that's what's going to happen. But Madrigal is majorly ready. He's got elite contact. And gold glove caliber defense already. And uh, speed. So he'll be up in the big leagues later this year. Expect to see that for sure. Those are the position battles coming to the limelight for this spring. And we look forward to seeing them. One more thing I want to touch on today is that Kendris Morales has decided to retire after 13 big league seasons. You know, Kendris Morales finally announced his retirement. Yesterday, in an interview with ESPN's Mario Rivera, he is from Cuba. He defected in 2004, and then he established residency in the DR and signed with the Angels, like right, right after doing so. And Candice Morales is one of one of the first players I really enjoyed watching playing when I started watching baseball. When he was with the Angels, he debuted with the Majors in 06. He broke out three years later when he hit 34 homers. 108 ribbies and a 924 OPS when he got a fifth place finish in the 09 AL MVP voting. I remember, I mean, the the, the scariest thing was when he had that fractured like left ankle when he had a walk-off grand slam on May 29, 2010, when he he jumped into home plate to celebrate and he fractured left ankle. It was a terrible injury. And ever since that moment, you know, teams have been very cautious about celebrating walk-off home runs because Kendris Morales was the cautionary tale. Don't don't get hurt, essentially. And when he finally returned, he, he missed like almost two years. He missed the rest of 2010. He missed all of 2011. He finally returned in 2012. And then he hit 20-plus homers in six of the next seven years, with the exception being 2014 when he remained unsigned until June due to free agent stuff. He rejected a qualifying offer and you know ended up coming up later in the year. But he then signed with the Royals in December 2014. He bounced back with a 290 average, 22 homers, and 106 ribbies the following season. And he earned a World Series ring with the Kansas City Royals when they defeated the Mets in the 2015 World Series. 
So he finished his career with 265, 327 on, on base, 453 slugging, 213 career home runs, 257 doubles, and 740 ribbies over 13 seasons. So congratulations on a lengthy and fruitful career to Kendris Morales. Enjoy retirement. And that's that. So that is all I've got for today. We'll continue tomorrow. We'll have plenty more. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.